Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Are you ready to splash into summer with Just Ingredients? Mark your calendars for the launch of our new summer line, electrolytes, flavored waters, two new protein flavors, and SPF lip balm. Just Ingredients electrolytes are created with all five essential electrolytes and the perfect sodium to potassium ratio. Whether you're lounging on a sunny beach or pushing your limits at the gym, Just Ingredients electrolytes will keep you energized and hydrated throughout the day. If you prefer flavored water without added electrolytes, then you are in luck. Just Ingredients is expanding its flavored water line, introducing guava mango and orange pineapple. Finding your favorite electrolyte or water flavor is easy with Just Ingredients. Choose from guava mango, orange pineapple, strawberry limeade, and tropical paradise. As always, our products are flavored with real fruits and nothing artificial. And if you're a protein drinker, make sure to try our new Neapolitan protein powder, the perfect blend of chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry for a refreshing summer treat. Prefer a fruitier flavor? Then make sure to grab our new reformulated Tropical Paradise protein powder that is perfect for smoothies, pina coladas, ice cream, and more. The options are endless. Get 10% off all new products starting at 9 a.m. Mountain Time on June 8th until June 10th. Shop the sale at www.justingredients.us. Dr. Harry Adelson was one of the earliest adopters of the use of stem cells for the treatment of chronic musculoskeletal pain. He began his training in regenerative injection therapy in 1998, while in his final year at the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. During his residency program in integrative medicine at the Yale Griffin Hospital in Derby, Connecticut, he volunteered after hours in a large homeless shelter in Bridgeport, Connecticut, providing regenerative injection therapies to the medically undeserved while gaining valuable experience. He opened Oseri Clinics in 2002, and from day one, his practice has been 100% regenerative injection therapies, 100% stem cell therapy since 2010 for the treatment of musculoskeletal pain conditions. He has performed over 7,000 stem cell procedures and has injected stem cells into over 2,000 intervertebral discs, placing him solidly among those most experienced in the world with use of stem cells for the treatment of spine pain. His list includes Dave Asprey, Mark Hyman, Ben Greenfield, John Gray, Jim Quick, and Vishen Lakhiani. In 2020, he was the proud recipient of the Above All Patients First Award from the Cell Surgical Network. He is the inventor of the Full Body Stem Cell Makeover and is the founder of Doseri Clinics, located in beautiful Park City, Utah, where he lives with his wife and two daughters. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm really excited for our guest because I've had so many people tell me that I need him on my podcast, that he has so much information to share. So we have Dr. Harry Adelson today. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Caroline, it's such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thank you. Will you just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started in stem cell therapy? Because that's what we're going to talk today about is stem cells. 
Yeah, that's right. So um, I I went, I ended up going to naturopathic school. I was at a point in my life where I was sort of deciding between going conventional medicine or chiropractic. And I learned about naturopathic medicine and I fell in love with the philosophy. You know, it's using the healing power of nature, prevention. Uh, you know, the it, it, it just really resonated with me. And while I was at naturopathic school, I was heavily into rock climbing and I was working out in the gym. I was preparing for my dream trip to France, which is the birthplace of modern sport climbing. And I did this cross through move in the gym and I felt this pop in my shoulder. And I went, Ooh, that's not good. I had a lot of pain. I had swelling. I went and saw an orthopedic surgeon and he said, yeah, you've torn the cartilage in your shoulder. I can put a scope in there and cut it away. Uh, but it's probably going to cause you problems later in life. It'll give you short-term relief, but it's going to give you arthritis later. He said, alternately, I can give you a steroid injection, uh, which similarly will give you short-term relief, but it probably is going to further degrade that cartilage. And I thought, that's it. <laughs> those are my choices. Like right. those are two terrible choices. So I started asking around, this was back in the nineties when asking, when like researching actually meant talking to people. And I, I know. And so I, uh, I found out about prolotherapy and prolotherapy is the injection of natural substances to effectively trick the body into thinking that it's been re-injured, thereby launching your body's natural healing cascade. So you get all the benefit of a healing response without actually having been injured. And that completely made sense to me. You know, with being in naturopathic school, being in good health, I mean, it just was, it made sense. So I had it done to me. It resulted in a complete cure. Uh, my trip to France was splendid and my life path unfolded before me. Oh, so for those great. first four or so years, I just did prolotherapy and it was very simple. You know, my office was slightly more complicated than an acupuncturist's office. And I did that and thought that was really what I was going to do for the rest of my career. And then platelet-rich plasma came along. And platelet-rich plasma, a lot of your listeners have probably at least heard the term. What that is, is when you take blood from a patient, put it in a centrifuge, the red blood cells go to the bottom, the serum goes to the top, and then right in the middle, you get the platelets. And platelets are what are responsible. Like most people think of it as that's what stops, it. what initiates clotting. So when, you have, when you're bleeding and you form a clot, it's the platelets that are doing that. But they also release growth factors that signal you, the stem cells living in your tissues to activate. So when you have a healing response, the first agent in that whole negotiation is the platelets. So I started doing platelet-rich plasma, and it was a little more complicated. We started using ultrasound guidance because we had, we had to use these kind of expensive kits to to. to concentrate the PRP. And um, what I found was we got the same results in half as many treatments. When I was doing prolotherapy, it would take like 10 or 12 treatments once a month over the space of a year. When we switched to PRP, I was doing four or six treatments, you know, once a month. So it was just like, you got the same result much faster. So then I had a patient, a gal named Laura, who was, had been a, one of my favorite patients. She was this lovely young woman who um, had this very bad knee injury, and we had treated her knee a bunch with prolotherapy first, then with PRP, and we, we kind of got her halfway there, but we could never get her all the way there. And she's an engineer, very brilliant woman, and she came into my office with a stack of papers, slammed them down on my desk, and she said, Harry, I want you to inject 
bone marrow stem cells into my knee. Huh. And, I, <laughs> and the, the stack of papers were all these animal studies. Cause this was like 2009. And that's all there really was back then was okay. an, the use of bone marrow stem cells for the treatment of arthritis. And I said, Laura, you know, I don't know how to do that. And she said, so learn. And I said, Laura, you know, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Do you know how much criticism I'm going to get if I start doing bone marrow aspirations? And she said, she kind of leaned forward. She said, Harry, I'm a materials engineer for NASA. And by the way, I'm a woman. So if you want to complain to me about people telling you that you're out of your league, I'm afraid you're talking to the wrong person. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Good. I, know, so I, was just, I had nothing to say. So I was like, all right. So I I call, at the time, there were only about like eight or nine doctors in the United States doing bone marrow stem cells. This was back in late 2009. So I called around, found somebody who was willing to teach me how to do a bone marrow aspiration, an orthopedic surgeon, and he taught me. And it's actually not even that difficult to do. And it sounds a lot scarier than it is actually dangerous or even painful. And I started doing bone marrow stem cells and it worked so well. I knew that's what I was going to do the rest of my career. So interesting. Well, good job for that woman. I love people like that, that just are like, no, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's research. <laughs> so let's talk about stem cells. So let's just talk about the basics of stem cell therapy. What is it? Sure. So we have stem cells in every tissue in our body with a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, every tissue in our body, bones, ligaments, tendons, muscles, heart, lung, kidney, you name it, there are stem cells residing in those tissues. And what their role is, is healing after injury. They are responsible for maintaining the health of their micro environment. So anytime you have healing after injury, it's a stem cell mediated event. They mostly reside on the outside of blood vessels. So when you see you know, a blood vessel, there are these cells that wrap around the blood vessel and they're called pericytes. And pericytes are when they constrict and release, that's what's responsible for the changes in the, in the shape of your blood vessel. So when you have vasoconstriction or vasodilatation, the blood vessels getting narrower or wider, it's those pericytes that are doing it. And drugs that, a lot of the drugs that affect your blood pressure are exerting their effect on the pericyte. These pericytes, however, when they come into contact with platelets that are activated, activated platelets. So when, when blood finds itself outside of the blood vessel, it signals to those platelets to release something called platelet-derived growth factor. And when platelet-derived growth factor comes in contact with these pericytes, then Clark Kent turns into Superman. Those pericytes release off the blood vessel, and they turn into what are called mesenchymal stem cells. And mesenchymal stem cells are the very agent of healing for whenever you have an injury, it's a stem cell mediated event and specifically those mesenchymal stem cells. So the concept with stem cell therapy is that when you have suboptimal healing, so either somebody has had a one single major traumatic injury that just doesn't completely heal, 
or they have lots of little micro repetitive type injuries that over time just accumulates and it outpaces your body's ability to heal itself. Then you're left with what's called suboptimal healing and suboptimal healing. If you were to do a biopsy and look at it under a microscope, you, it just, what that means is essentially normal connective tissue suddenly starts to look like scar tissue. You, you know, it doesn't, it, and you know, your connective tissue is like a miracle fabric. It, pulls just the right amount in each direction and nerves pass freely through it. And there's just, just the right amount of blood flow to the area to bring nutrients to the area and metabolic waste away. Well, when you have this suboptimal healing and the normal tissue turns into scar tissue, the miracle fabric loses its miracle properties. It stretches too much in some directions and not enough in others. And those nerves that pass through it get caught up and fire pagan signals. And possibly most importantly, you get these irregularly formed blood vessels. So you get a hyper concentration of blood vessels. Problem with that is every time you grow a blood vessel, you grow a new sensory nerve on top of it. So now you have a hyper concentration of sensory nerves firing pain signals. But also these are irregularly formed blood vessels. So you actually lose the ability to bring nutrients like oxygen to the area and metabolic waste away. So you know, the, the best known example of chronic pain from these tissue changes from these tissue changes is tennis elbow. Mm. Well, most whiplash injuries, most low back pain, uh, most pain in general is it's similar to a tennis elbow, just in a different part of your body. So that's the concept is that you have this, you've, you're left with this suboptimal healing. So what do you do? How do you treat it naturopathically? How do you treat it using the body's natural healing response, using the healing power of nature? And what we do is we take stem cells from a part of your body where you still have a robust population, namely bone marrow, for instance. You borrow some from that area, concentrate it just like we do with the PRP, and then inject it into the area of suboptimal healing, thereby tricking your body into thinking there's been a new severe injury, but there's been no tissue insult. You get all the benefit of a healing response without actually having been injured. Wow. That is fascinating. That is a lot of science, but you explained it so well. So Dr. Josh Red has told me about your flagship product, the full body stem cell makeover. Can you describe that for us and how this came about and how you developed it? Sure. Sure. So Early on, after Laura mandated me to go learn how to do bone marrow aspirations, uh, that was early 2010. And I was so impressed with the outcome. I sort of had a burn the ships approach. I said, I'm just going to do stem cells. This is the future of regenerative medicine. Well, back then, no one had heard of it. The only people who had heard of stem cell therapy in this part of the country, interestingly, were Wyoming cowboys. Huh. And the reason for that is because the earliest people doing stem cells were the veterinarians, the large animal veterinarians. So here are these guys. They have these very expensive workhorses who get too old to work. And they would take them to this guy and he would do stem cells uh, out of their sternum and inject it. Usually it's their arthritic hooves. Uh, and then they'd get two or three more years of work out of them. And they'd say, well, can't you do that to my neck and my back? And the guy would say, well, no, I can't because I'm a veterinarian, but there's a guy in Park City doing it now. Go to him. 
So in those early years, it was these busted up old ranchers and (laughs) cowboys who literally had arthritis through their entire bodies. So we would do their whole spine and we would do both shoulders and we would do their hips and we'd do both knees. And Carolyn, completely as a joke, I used to call it full body stem cell makeover, like tongue in cheek. Well, then Dave Asprey became a patient and then Ben Greenfield became patient. These these big health influencers, these biohacking guys who, you know, want to live for to be 180 and be active the entire time. And I started getting their followers in here and I'd get people saying, well, you know, can't you just like do my whole body in a single sitting just sort of preventatively? And I said, yeah, you know, I've actually been doing it for years. Uh, We've done tons of them. So uh, yeah, so that's how it came about. And at this point, that's largely what we're doing are these very big treatments, treating the entire spine from the base of the skull down to the tailbone, turn the person over both shoulders, both elbows, both wrists and thumbs, both hips, both knees, both ankles and great toe. People have the option of having my partner do the skin of the face to improve elasticity and hydration of the skin, the scalp to thicken the hair follicles and in men, the penis and women, the vagina to in men, it's to improve microcirculation because erectile dysfunction is first and foremost, a circulatory condition. And in women, it's to improve elasticity and hydration of the vaginal tissue. Cause especially with menopause, you, you look that a lot of pain associated with sex is largely from that drying out of the tissue. Wow. That is a full body makeover. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised that this isn't talked about more with, more hair growth and more elasticity in the face. And cause there's so much plastic surgery going on these days. Yeah. I'm amazed that this isn't just talked about more. Yeah. It's um, you know, it's, it's its own category. So when you're talking about like sort of, you know, shy of facelifts, you know, facelift is a whole other animal, but it, you know, just sort of like the less invasive uh, cosmetic type things, there's Botox, which of course, relaxes the muscles of facial expression and helps with the with the fine lines or the not sometimes not so fine but the lines associated with facial expression the other thing you hear about is filler and filler increases volume but neither of those things really actually improve the health of your skin same thing with the facelift like it if you have saggy skin it'll draw it up but it doesn't actually improve the health of the skin whereas when you put stem cells or even prp in the skin It's the same exact mechanism. It causes this sort of like controlled inflammation and you get the benefit of a healing response. That is so interesting. Okay, so now I'm curious, back to stem cell therapy. Are you only using stem cells from their own body or do you pull stem cells from other places like animals or umbilical cords or things like that? Sure, sure. So so the way it's evolved for me, first I started with bone marrow in 2010. Uh, and bone marrow is sort of the workhorse of stem cells. It's the one that's best known. It's the one that has by far the most scientific research supporting its use. Uh, it's also the one that's the least controversial from a uh, regulatory standpoint, you know, dealing with the, with the federal government and everything else. Uh, then in about 2013, I learned how to isolate stem cells from fat. Fat is the most uh, vascularized tissue in the body. It has a lot of blood vessels. Therefore, it has a lot of those pericytes, which are mesenchymal stem cells when they're activated. So I learned how to isolate stem cells from fat, and I started combining the two. And what I found was that when I 
put the two together, I got better outcomes than either one of them on their own. So I started using that for a period of time. Now, sort of fast forward, now there's another type that I use that's called very small embryonic-like stem cells. These are stem cells that exist in your blood, but they're completely quiescent. They're completely hibernating. They're, they're, they're not activated. Uh, but what's interesting about these cells, they're called very small embryonic-like. They're very small because they're slightly smaller than red blood cells. They're embryonic-like because they're almost as primitive as embryonic stem cells. Now, nobody uses embryonic stem cells in the United okay. States. It's, it's unethical. It's illegal. Like nobody uses them. And even if it weren't those things, those are the ones that tend to like cause tumors in people because they're so primitive. They turn into weird stuff. These VSELs, these very small embryonic-like stem cells are not quite as primitive as they are. They exist in your blood, but they're not activated. Well, this doctor in California, his name is Todd Obokaitis, developed a type of laser that activates these VSELs. So when we do stem cells from your own body, we do a combination of those three things. It's bone marrow, fat, and, and from your blood, the VSEL. In the last year, well, let me tell you the whole story. So I have a patient. He's a Hollywood celebrity. Um, he, he came to me for a full body stem cell makeover that we did with bone marrow and fat and blood uh, about a year prior. And he did, he did great. He had a great outcome. He was really happy with it. But he had re-injured his back doing uh, stunts for a movie. And he said, look, I want to come back in and do another treatment, but um, I can't afford the downtime associated with the tissue harvest because, you know, it's a bone marrow aspiration. It's a lipo aspiration. You're pretty beat up afterwards for a period of a couple of weeks, uh, which, you know, if the goal is to get you out of pain, most people are okay with that, but it's, you know, still a commitment. And this guy's schedule is so busy. So he said, would you consider doing it with umbilical cord stem cells? And I said, you know, gosh, you know, it had been probably about three years since I even looked at the scientific literature on umbilical cord stem cells. Now, let me just back up and explain what umbilical cord stem cells are. So a woman gives birth in a hospital. She's given there's, you know, you, you get the baby, which is healthy, hopefully. And then there's the birth tissues and the birth tissues are the umbilical cord, the placenta and the amniotic membrane. Those three things are, we call those the birth tissues. So okay. it's not the baby. It's the stuff along that comes out with the baby, but you know, is not part of the baby. Okay. A woman is given three choices, what to do with those birth tissues. One is she keeps it and, you know, you can have it made into like capsules. You can, you can give the stem cells to a laboratory that, you know, will bank them for you. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. The second is it goes in the trash which I think is what most people do. Right. And the third is they donate it to the hospital. When they choose that option, it's donated to the hospital. The hospital takes possession of it and they can then sell it. If they sell it, they also are able to give the mother's health records in an anonymous fashion. So the person who takes it over doesn't see their name, but they see all of their birth you know, all of their health statistics, including communicable diseases and all of that stuff. 
laboratories like the one that I use, New Life Regenerative Medicine, purchases these uh, birth tissues. They isolate this. They, they, they first of all, they review the medical records. Then they do their own testing of the tissues for communicable diseases and that sort of thing. Um, then they isolate the, the different tissues, put them in vials and sell them to doctors like me. Interesting. So ethically sourced, thoroughly screened. Okay. So anyway, so, you know, this has been around for a long time. Uh, and I, you know, I just never really got into it. So when this guy asked, I sort of felt like, you know, with his caliber of celebrity, I was like, I can't just say no to this guy. But so what I said to him is, look, I won't promise you that I'll do it, but I will promise you that I'll look into it. So it initiated this deep dive into the scientific literature. And what I discovered, Carolyn, is there has been a great deal more data published in the last three years on the, on the safety and the efficacy of umbilical cord stem cells. So it made me comfortable with the idea of, of doing it. So we ended up doing the treatment on this guy. He had a great outcome. He was really happy with it. And so over these past six to nine months, we're doing about half and half. We're doing half our treatments are the way I've been doing it a long time, bone marrow and fat and blood. The other half are using these birth tissue products. Really interesting. If you go the route of using the fat, the blood, things like that, are you actually taking the fat out of the body to get? The oh, yeah, stem cells? yeah, yeah. Because so it's, like it's, it's from the person's own body. Yeah. So everything is same person, same day. So they come in, we do everything under IV sedation. We have an anesthesiologist who puts everybody to sleep and not general anesthesia, but IV sedation. So the same as, you know, what's used for like having your teeth pulled or colonoscopies or something like that. Very gentle medications. Okay. First, if I'm, if we're doing this autologous, the word autologous means donor and recipient are the same person. So we're taking it from a person's body. Person goes to sleep. First, I do the lipoaspiration, which is like a miniature, li very miniature liposuction. It, it really doesn't resemble liposuction at all. It's just using like one one hundredth the amount of fat that you would take do in a liposuction. So it's just like a, a cup of espresso, like that much. Uh, then we put it through a process to isolate the stem cells. The bone marrow, we do a bone marrow aspiration, put it in a centrifuge, concentrate it down. The blood, we spin it down as PRP, zap it with this laser to activate the VSEL, and then we start with the injections. We do, you know, if we're doing the spine, we do the spine. If we're doing the joints, we do the joints. If we're doing all of it, we do all of it. If we do the allogenic, the word allogenic means donor and recipient are different people. So that's the birth tissue stem cells. If we're doing that, the person goes to sleep and I jump straight into the injecting because the cells yeah, are coming out of the bottom, right? That's so interesting. Okay, so I've heard that taking anything with bone marrow is really painful and a terrible recovery. Is that true? Well, okay. I used to do it. I used to give people the option of doing it awake or asleep. And it just was like, some people tolerated it just fine. Some people it was torture. So I just, you know, I, I won't do it anymore unless the person's asleep. What's uncomfortable is the actual aspiration. So if you're sleeping through it, there's no discomfort associated with that because you're asleep for it. It's a little sore afterwards, but I mean, a little sore. So it's like, 
you know, the people who are coming to me are already in pain. So it's, yeah. it's not anything worse than a bad day for them anyway. So yeah, if you do it awake, you know, there are people who will do it awake. It's what's weird about it, Carolyn, is it's putting the needle in doesn't hurt because you can numb that up. You can use lidocaine to completely numb it up. What is painful is when you pull it out, when you aspirate it out, because what that does is it creates a negative pressure in the deepest part of your body, in your bone marrow. And your brain has no way to process. Like it's the weird, it's like you're getting sucked out of a spaceship. Like your brain is so confused by it. So if somebody's a little anxious to begin with, it can be pretty intense. Okay. So I'm really curious, who do you do stem cell therapy for? I mean, is it people that want anti-aging things? Is it people just for pain? Are we doing kids, older people, not older people? I mean, who is this for? Well, for me at my place, I mean, there's, there's clinics all over the country and all over the world that treat, you name it, it's being treated with stem cells at this point. In my clinic, in Doceri Clinics here in Park City, I only do low back pain, neck pain, joint pain. I only do musculoskeletal pain conditions because that's where my experience is. That's what I, you know, what I know how to help people with. Um, we get, you know, we get the gamut, college athletes, high school athletes, sometimes on up to people, you know, el- on up to the elderly. Uh, average is, you know, between the ages of 40 and 70, probably. Uh, mostly people with pain conditions, so low back pain, neck pain, you know, that sort of thing. Lots of people with multiple pain complaints, because I've sort of built this reputation as a guy who does these big treatments. Uh, that's about half of the people I see. And the other half are these full body stem cell makeovers who are largely people interested in longevity. The good news with all of this is, I mean, I've developed this really cool thing that is we get people from literally all over the world. Uh, the bad news is it's gotten crazy expensive, uh, just because, you know, not cause I'm gouging just because the stuff that I'm doing cost me a fortune to do. And it's, you know, I'll run this place and everything. So we are in the process of trying to create sort of a, a, an alternate pathway where I'm training one of my nurse practitioners. uh, I'm sorry, one of my nurse anesthetists to do these procedures. So that what that does is it allows us to do some of the smaller treatments at a much lower price point. Okay. So someone who just injures their shoulder, could come in and have this done or someone who has like chronic knee pain every time they work out, they could come have this done. Yes. Can little kids do it or no, it's mainly for adults. Um, you know, it's for adults. Like I wouldn't say little kid because it's so rare for a little kid to have like low back pain. I mean, it happens, but, but they might grow out of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would make sense to do little kids. Um, okay. So you wouldn't take people that wanted like their facial or hair to be better. Well, I don't, but my part, my practice partner, Amy Killen does that. So yeah, she does the, she does the cosmetic and the sexual optimization. Okay. So I'm interested to know what the recovery is like for all of these. You said a few weeks for the full body makeover, which I can imagine, but tell me about the recovery on these things. Sure. So what it really is, whether you're doing this, cells from your own body or the cells from birth tissues. If you're doing the cells from your own body, there is some recovery involved for two reasons. One is there's the harvest sites. There's the place where we take the fat that especially like that bruises spectacularly. And it's, you know, a little bit sore. Uh, The bone marrow 
aspiration area is a little bit sore. Uh, and then, but also, you know, when you concentrate these, the bone marrow, you're, you're concentrating the stem cells, but you're also concentrating the white blood cells and the white blood cells are what cause inflammation. So where we do the injections tends to hurt for a couple of days, uh, you know, not un, again, not unbearable, just uncomfortable. Uh, so when you're doing the cells from your own body, there's a lot more of a recovery. When you're doing the birth tissue cells, there's much less recovery because there's no tissue harvest. It's not as inflammatory. It's just a much easier recovery. In either situation, what's critical is people take one week of taking it very easy, second week of kind of reintroducing normal daily activity, and then two months of no new injuries. People wow. have to promise me they won't get hurt for two months. No falling on your keister, you know, no, you know, snowboard crashes, nothing like that. So they have to be careful, like working out and doing activities for those two months. You, you can work out. You, I mean, I want people to work out. I just don't want them to get hurt. Like, don't I wouldn't engage in anything where they could actually get injured, because if we're tricking the body into thinking that it's been re-injured without actually causing any tissue insult to launch a healing cascade. Well, if you actually get hurt, then that's backsliding, right? Right. OK, so someone that just comes in and does like their knees, for instance. Right then that's the same recovery, a week of really easy, another week of reintroducing it and two months of no act. Or yeah, I wouldn't activity. run a marathon, you know, just you don't want to do anything that's going to pulverize the joint surfaces or contuse, contuse the joint surfaces. Okay, that's good to know, because my husband has really wanted to do this for his knees, but he thought the recovery was like this terrible process, because that's what he's heard from a lot of people. So uh, that's good to know. Well, I'm, I don't, you know, I don't know where his friends have been, but you know, there's, there's such a broad range of providers out there and there's a million different ways to do it. And there's people, you know, people doing it right. There's people doing it wrong. There's a lot in between. Uh, you know, this is, this is sort of like the upside and downside of living in a free country is, you know, people can do this sort of stuff, but you can also like, you know, snake oil was in, basically invented in the United States. Like there's, there's people who definitely take advantage of this whole situation and people's interest in it. You're right. So another recovery question, if people are doing this, like for their face or their hair, is the recovery time just as long? Uh, well, there's, there's less risk of injury of your face. So, I mean, uh, it's no, I mean, I would say you're, you, you're red for a couple of days. Like you can see you've had something done for a couple of days, but then it's back to normal and it's, you know, and the rest is just common sense. Like don't binge drink, don't smoke, you know, like all of that stuff. Don't get, don't get a severe sunburn, but yeah, there's, okay. there's less risk of injuring your face. So then I'm curious is this a one-time deal and you're done or you have to do this every year or what's the process? Yeah. So we, the way I do it is we, you know, we do the procedure and then we wait a year and we see it really takes. And what's interesting about it is it really takes two to six months for the results to even happen. You know, it's the opposite of a steroid injection, steroid injection. If it's done properly and it's, you know, indicated the person gets immediate pain relief, but it only lasts from like two weeks to two months. And then it wears completely off with this. It takes two to six months for it to even start working. And when you get to a year, that's when you really know what you're left with. Okay. So at the one year mark, we check in uh, the most people that we treat at the one year mark have are happy 
And by happy, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily mean a hundred percent pain relief, but they've had enough pain relief that they they're glad that they did it and they don't feel like they need another treatment. Smaller percentage of people have had some improvement, but they'd like a little more. Well, then maybe we talk about doing another a second treatment at the one year mark. A smaller percentage, again, 10 to 15% of the people that we treat, we just don't help. It's a dud. And I'm very competitive and I'm very, I hate to lose. And it really bums me out when I don't help people. It keeps me awake at night. But the fact is, I just don't help everybody. And is there a reason that some bodies take this better than others? Well, there are some reasons, but I tend to not treat those people. So if people are taking narcotic pain medication on a regular basis, I won't treat them. If they are, you know, blood pressure through the roof, if their diabetes completely out of control, you know, if they're just not in good health to begin with, I won't treat them because they're probably not going to get a good outcome. If they're smokers, I won't treat them. If they're alcoholics, I won't, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I won't treat somebody but even then, when I get people who are healthy and there's no obvious red flags, this sometimes doesn't work. And, you know, maybe it's because the issue is purely structural. Uh, maybe it's, you know, I, I screen pretty, I, I screen as best as I can for attitude because that makes a big difference. People who come into it with like a victim mentality, like that's it's, yeah, it, it never works. It never ends well with those guys. Because they're always going to be in pain no matter what they do. Due right, to their attitude. Right. So, yeah. And same with the narcotic users. You know, when you take narcotics for a period of time, it totally rewires. It makes it so your brain can't even properly process pain signals. So, so we might help them, but they'll never know it because they're just always in pain. So, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's called uh, uh, narcotic induced hyperalgesia. You can Google that. It's it's when you take narcotics, if you take a person with no pain at all and you put them on narcotics for six months and then and then abruptly take them off, they have severe pain. Wow. OK, that's interesting about keeping your body healthy. That makes sense. So I'm curious, though, can you increase the amount of stem cells you have or can you make your stem cells more healthy? Yeah. So your stem cell function is a reflection of your overall health. So there's not any sort of like specific tricks or hacks to improve your stem cell function. Anything that you're going to do to improve your stem cell function is going to improve all of your cellular function. So eating right, you know, the four, I always talk about the four pillars. It's, you know, good diet, proper sleep, uh, mental, emotional balance and exercise. Exercise is probably the one that most dramatically, like th that's the one where you can most quickly improve cellular function and stem cell function. Uh, and by exercise, you know, you could just walk 30 minutes a day, like any kind of exercise, anything that's going to bring your heart rate up and get your blood flow moving counts. So the, one of the most underrated forms of exercise is just walking. So that's first and foremost. Sleep. Sleep is so underprioritized in our, you know, in, in this culture. Sleep is where your brain reboots, right? And there's more and more data showing that dementia and Alzheimer's disease really that is most closely linked 
to poor sleep. So I don't know for me, like I am so protective of my sleep uh, to get enough sleep and to not be interrupted and that sort of right. thing. Uh, because I just, you know, I want this brain to function just as well as I want this body to function well into old age. As far as diet, you know, that's the, that's the common sense stuff. I don't think, you know, I don't, I'm not really into any of these fads deals, you know, paleo and everything else. Like just, I like what Mark Hyman says, you know, he calls it uh pegan and pegan is a, it's a cross between paleo and vegan. I mean, it's just like, take the best of all of it right. and use common sense, avoid the processed stuff, avoid the heavy sugar, you know, it, it, just keep it simple and can vegetables, fruits, right. some, some grains. If you're going to do meat, quality meats, uh, if you're going to do dairy, quality dairy, if you tolerate it, everybody's different. You know, everybody's wired completely different. A diet that might work wonderfully for one person is going to be a disaster for someone else. You got to just figure out what works for you. Uh, and then mental, emotional balance, you know, that's probably the single most important thing. And I would say the thing that has made the biggest difference for me is learning to not look at this thing so much, you know, is to just like put this, put it down. It's not like it's, it, it is so close. My quality of life is so closely reversely linked to how much I look at my phone uh, because it doesn't help. You're not being productive. Like that's the thing that's, it's, it's counterproductive. When you keep looking at your phone, you're actually able to do way less. It occupies all this mental space and just sucks the life, literally sucks the life out of you. Unless so. they're reading my Instagram account and reading about all the good things that they can do to nourish their body. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, you know, just pick a time to do it. You don't have to check every five minutes because how many times a day do you post? <laughs> once. So they only need it yeah, one just, time. Just check once a day and That's then you're right. done. I love those four pillars. I talk about those four pillars all the time. They are so crucial to our health. But I love that now you're saying they're also crucial to our stem cell health as well, oh, which absolutely. will help us with longevity and living without as much pain. Correct? Yes. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time to be here today. I know my listeners are going to want to know more, ask you questions. Where can they find out about you and your clinic? On the World Wide Web, Docere Clinics, D-O-C-E-R-E Clinics, DocereClinics.com. I'm right here in Park City. I've been here for 20 years. Um, you know, you, I've got a lot of information on my website, I have a YouTube, I have a link to my YouTube page where I have hundreds of videos, a lot of patient testimonials, a lot of informational videos. Uh, on Instagram, it's harry.adelson, uh, which I follow you and I'm pretty sure you follow me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm just now revamping my team to do that stuff. So I've been kind of quiet, but we're about to uh, put out a bunch more stuff, mostly, mostly informational videos. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm excited to learn more and I'm going to go check out your website and your YouTube videos because I still have a lot of questions. And so I know the listeners do too. Thank you so much for all of your info today. It has been so fascinating talking to you. So I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? I would say don't go to bed mad. Oh, that's good. And for those of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And wake up and review your gratitude list. Oh, I love that. That is really good. Thank you so much. That 
that starts your day off really well if you just think about all the things that you're grateful for. That's exactly right. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know you are so super busy, but I know you have educated the listeners about a new topic that we've never talked about before. So thank you for taking the time to be here. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.